Acts chapter number 5, Acts chapter number 5, and, and we'll look at today's text this morning in, uh, in chapter 5. <clears throat> we have seen some things take place in the church, the cleaning that takes place, the Lord cleaned the church, uh, uh, and then the last scripture that we read last week was the, where, where God healed all of them. And this morning, I might, I don't know, I, I don't know that I will, but... I might uh, just cover the introduction this morning, uh, just just see how things go. But you'll notice, and it's true in church today, it's true in church then, it's true uh, just in life. You'll notice any time that God begins to work, Satan begins to work hard against what God wants. You go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. What business did Satan have in the garden? What business did he have uh, trying to dispute the, the perfectness of what God had created, and yet Satan attacks the perfect uh, creation that God had done? Uh, you go forward in time and, and uh, over and over again, Satan attacking the work of God. Satan goes and Jesus comes off a, a fast and he, and he comes off a fast, and here comes Satan trying to attack uh, Jesus as he's uh, trying to get him to stumble, trying to get him to make a mistake. And then now here we are in the Scripture. The church is taking off. The Lord is blessing. They had miracles, uh, miracles of people getting saved, miracles of, of, the, of, of people being healed. And then we see that uh, then the church has some cleaning going on, uh, uh, people come in, lie into the Holy Spirit, and God kills them. And, uh, and then more miracles in what we read. And here comes Satan. Satan comes to attack the church. And anytime you have people saved, and anytime you have people uh, get, get in church and trying to get in church, you always have Satan trying to rear his ugly head, trying to go against the work of God. Always. Always. But here in Acts chapter 5... Let's read together in verse number 17. We're going to read 11 verses, so if you will, you can remain seated just because we're going to read that many scriptures. Here, verse number 17, the Bible says, Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation, and laid, laid their hands on the apostles, and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord, I like that but in that scripture. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the door, the prison doors, and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came. And they that were with him and called the council together and all the senate of the children of Israel sent to the prison to have them brought. And when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly was found. We shut uh, with all safety and the keepers standing without the, before the doors. But when we, we had opened, we found no man within." Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, uh, they doubted of them whether, whereunto this would grow. <laughs> then came one, you say, why are you laughing? I'm going to get there in just a second. Verse 25, the Bible says, Then came one and told them, saying, 
Behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. And... Uh, Woo! Right, what, what courage, what courage that they would get out of jail and go to the temple. Mm. What courage. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them. They end with this question, and this is where we'll end today. This question, saying, Did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in, his, in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. Lord, I thank you. I've got so much to thank you for. Lord, as I look at my life and I, I look at what you've given me and the things you've done for me, I, I've got so much to thank you for. Lord, I, I just ask that you'd help me today to give the words that you want me to. Lord, I pray for, our, for everyone here this morning. I pray that if there's one that's discouraged, that you'll help encourage them. I pray that if there's one that doubts, Lord, I pray that you'd bring some, some faith into their life. Lord, I love you. Lord, I pray that if there's one in here this morning that doubts whether heaven is their home, I pray that today they'd get that settled. I thank you for each and every person that's here this morning. I pray that their heartaches, their disappointments, their struggles, the things that they're experiencing right now, that you'd help them with that. Lord, every one of us might, every one of us have something going on outside of church in our hearts and our minds. I pray that you would work in each one of our lives and help us to trust you. Help us to lean on you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You've got your Bible. We're in Acts chapter 5. And let's begin, let's just jump right in here. So this is what happens. This is why, uh, this is what happens uh, after God works, Satan begins to work. Uh, that is why he wants you, this is why Satan wants you to get sideways with the preacher. This is why Satan wants you to get sideways with a church member. This is why Satan wants you to get sideways with, uh, with the church. He does. I mean, he, if he can get you sideways with it, you can get you sideways with what's going on, then he'll get you out. And uh, he'll win the battle against you and your life. There's many people today that don't go to church because of something that took place in church where they got hurt, they got upset, and Satan began to work in their life. So remember that. Remember that. Uh, Satan wants that. Bible says in verse number 17, Then, then, that was something after something powerful had taken place. The high priest rose and went in uh, to the sect of the Sadducees and they met with the Sadducees, Sanhedrin, if you will, and they were filled with indignation. Now, I just, I simply do not understand this at all. I do not. Let me just illustrate this point to you, if you will. 
pretend with me that you, are, you're in church this morning, right? Uh, you would uh, maybe say that you're a church goer. Maybe you're a church member. I don't know. But you yourself, you, you look at yourself, this is who you are. But let us pretend that we look out these windows and we see people in, this, in, in, in the parking lot, okay? So as we look out this, out, out, out this window and we see people who are hurting, people who are sick, people who are lame, people who are blind, people who we've seen who've been beggars and poor and reprobate people sitting out in this parking lot. And we think that we've accomplished something because we've come to church. This group of people... The high priest, the Sadducees, the said, the Sanhedrin, that was them. Yep. Here they sat in their pretty synagogue and watched out the window as Peter and, and the apostles walked down the street. And the verses of Scripture that we read last week take us to what they watched. And let me illustrate that for you. This is what they saw. Peter walking down the road. And he comes to this man who's been lame. And they've seen him sit on that same street corner his whole life. And Peter walks by him and he reaches over and touches Peter's shadow. And then all of a sudden, he picks up the bed that he was sitting on and throws it to the side and takes off running. And as Peter makes his way down the street, uh, there's a blind man who's been sitting there begging for years. Uh, and he comes by and he says, oh, Hey, I can see. Hey, I, I can see now. And all of a sudden, people are being healed and more are being healed. And the sick are no longer sick and the lame are no longer lame and the deaf no longer can't hear and those that couldn't that couldn't go or couldn't do are now healed now. Amen. Yeah. That's what you've seen. Yeah. That's what they saw. In the previous verse, I believe it's verse 16 or verse number 17, and the Bible says that they begin to bring people from all over so they could get to Peter. And so when Peter and the apostles saw them, all of them were healed. The Bible says all of them were healed. Multitudes. The word multitude means over 100. So here you sit. In your church, thinking you've accomplished something. I'm better than you that is out there. And they're mad. The Bible says at the end of that verse that they are in indignation. You know what that means? They're angry. They're mad. They're ticked off. They're jealous. Look what they're doing. Can you believe old stinking Peter down there healing that guy? I mean, come on. Think about the logic for just a moment of these men who are supposed to be religious people. Mad because somebody's being healed. Mad. So much to the fact that very next verse they go lay hands on Peter and the apostles. And they weren't laying hands on them to heal them. They were laying hands on them to rough them up. 
And they took the apostles and Thaddeus and, and, my, and John and, and Peter and they roughed them up and they pushed them against the wall and they roped the hands with the rope and tied them up and said, you're going to pay for this. And they took them and they took those 12 apostles and they threw them into jail. Because you heal people. You man, oh, I'm madder than a snake, man. Hey, they're healing people. Yeah. How? Why? Why on God's green earth would they be upset because somebody's getting healed? That's like me getting upset because someone gets saved and they didn't get saved at our church. <laughs> man! Man, no, no. Getting mad because some church down the street had someone get saved. Man, I'm so mad right now. What? Because someone else had someone saved? Because someone else got to see salvation? Someone else got to see someone's life saved from ruin? But they're upset and mad as they sit in their church. You want to know why they were mad? Here's why they were mad. Because they didn't believe it. They didn't want to believe it. They didn't believe in Jesus. They didn't believe that He rose from the dead. They didn't believe that He was the Christ. They didn't believe that He paid for their sins. They didn't believe none of that. And so they got mad. I don't know about you, but if I saw that taking place in our parking lot, what would you do? I'd sit in my seat. I can't believe that. We're going, to, we're going to take care of this. I'm calling the law right now. Yeah. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Isn't that how we act sometimes? Help us, Lord. We sit in our church pew and we get mad at those that are out there. These high priests were wrong. These Sadducees were wrong. The Sanhedrin was wrong. They were wrong in the idea that Jesus had never resurrected from the dead. And they were mad because in that, I read that verse, I believe it's verse number 25. Look at verse number 25. 26? Nope. Nah, I didn't write it down. Uh, Verse 24. Sorry, guys. The Bible says, Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they doubted of them whether aware unto this thing would what? Grow. (gasps) They were afraid that this would grow. They were afraid of what the apostles believed would grow. We better shut it down. Tie it off. Throw them into jail. And look, and I believe that's why they went after the leaders. They didn't go after the congregants. They didn't go after the multitudes of people that were there. They went after the leaders to make sure that they would shut them up and keep them down. That's what they wanted to do. This was persecution that took place against the church. 
Like there is persecution that takes place against the church all the time. Though we may not see visibly to ourselves that we see people being thrown in jail because they preach Jesus, but there are countries across this world where people today are, could be, have the possibility of being thrown in jail just simply for preaching the gospel in another country. If the government found out that they were there, they would be kicked out. I, I've said this before. I have a friend of mine who used to be a missionary uh, to a certain country, and he got blacklisted from that country because they found out he was there preaching the gospel. They kicked him out. They blacklisted him so he'd never be able to get back in that country to preach the gospel. I met a man <coughs> one time who was a missionary. I, I never physically, I never shook his hand or anything like that. I was sitting at a, at a, at a preacher's meeting in, in Chicago, I, in Hammond, Indiana, and he came up to the pulpit and he, he, he began to speak. And as he got up there to speak, they asked for all the live stream to be shut down. And I was going, why in the world are they asking for that? And as this man stood behind the pulpit, he, I don't know, five foot nothing, uh, four foot nothing, I don't know, he was a short little guy. And he got up there behind the pulpit, they shut off the live stream, and he began to tell why. He, he couldn't have the live stream going because he was wanted in like 10 or 12 countries overseas for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he had been in prison and he'd been beaten and he'd been, he'd been whipped for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hey, you think, no, 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 the Bible's not real, the Bible's not true. Then you tell that to the people who have suffered and have never shut their mouth about that. John and Peter and the apostles, they were thrown into jail. If it was fake, man, they would, have, they would have washed it up and said, I'm out of here. I ain't doing this. Because just a couple chapters later, James, one of the apostles, is killed for the cause of Jesus Christ. Beheaded. It's not real. They saw it firsthand. They saw it. They watched it. They took place. This was something that they saw. <coughs> they laid hands on him, and then they took him to jail. They laid hands on him and took him to jail. Well, I want to talk about the persecution, if you will. The three, I have three simple thoughts this morning. You said that was just introduction. That was just all introduction. So let me see. Number one, we see a divine intervention. See, what happened was, is the children, these children... These disciples, why do I keep trying to say that? These disciples, I kept trying to say that last week too. These disciples, because we're studying the children of Israel on Wednesday nights, that's why. Uh, these disciples have been put in jail. And the only thing that could save them was a divine intervention from God. And in, and in verse number 19, the Bible says, they were thrown into jail. And he laid hands on them and put them into prison. Verse number 19, but... The angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors. Can you imagine sitting in your cell that night? And you're sitting there. All these apostles, I don't know if they've stuck them all in one room or not. I don't know if they had different cells or not. I don't know. Can you imagine just sitting there? And all of a sudden, the door of the prison opens up. And across the hall, you can see the guard sitting there. Maybe he was sleeping, I don't know. And all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord peeps his head around the corner. And he comes to open the door and he says, I've come to let you out. They can't keep you tonight. I want to tell you what you've got to do. I want you to get up. And I want you to go preach the gospel. 
to those in the temple. That's what I want you to do. I'm letting you out, but I want you to go do. The divine intervention of God was that he came in for the apostles and got them out of jail. It wasn't their time to die. It wasn't their time to be put away. Realize that there's been Christians martyred for the cause of Christ throughout history. A lot of times it was caused by at the hands of some religious crowd. Sometimes it was not. This time it was a religious crowd that wanted to do away with Jesus. But here it is. God come through and let those apostles out. John the Baptist was beheaded. Where was the intervention? You say, well, where was God's intervention there? God decided not to intervene. As I said before, James was killed for the cause of Christ. Where was God's intervention then? God intervened at this point because he needed the gospel to come to you and me. And it hadn't got there yet. Because in Acts chapter number 9, there's a man who gets saved as a result of these apostles. And then that man who gets saved in Acts chapter number 9 brings the gospel to the Gentiles. Because their focus, the apostles' focus was, was the Israel, was the children of Israel. That's who they focused on. And the gospel got preached. And then there came a man who got saved, and he took the gospel to the Gentiles. But it hadn't taken place yet. God needed those men to still be alive. It wasn't their time. And he let them out. God's divine intervention. But then number two, the, the divine command. God gave a command in verse number 20. The angel of the Lord told them, you leave this jail cell and you go down to the temple and you preach. That's what I want you to do. That is the divine command I'm giving you. Can you imagine having to get up and say, okay, God, I'll do what you want. And I'll go down where I just was arrested. He just was arrested by the high priest. He just was arrested by the synagogue. You understand that. People who associated themselves with the synagogue. He just was arrested by the Sanhedrin and the Sadducees. The, the religious crowd, he was, he was, they were just arrested by. And the Lord told him to go right back into the temple and begin to preach. Many of us would have taken that command and said, eh, I think I'm going to pass on that one. Would we have not? The reason the apostles were freed so that they could go preach. They were relieved of a burden. They were relieved of, of their wrong. They were relieved where, where the religious crowd thought they were wrong. Uh, their release from the burden was not primarily so that they could go enjoy selfish pleasure. <coughs> you, he didn't get them out of jail so they could go fishing. He didn't get them out of jail so they could go down and ride some horses, right? He got them out of jail so that they would go down the street and preach the gospel in the temple. That's why they were released uh, from jail. Why was you released? Why were you released from sin? June 14th, 1998, I bowed my head and I trusted Christ as my personal Savior and Jesus took my sins and He forgave every one of them and He set 
me free. And the Bible says that Jesus is the only way that you can be set free. The truth shall make you free. Who's the truth? Jesus is the truth. So may I humbly submit to you today, though the angel of the Lord is not standing at our prison cell, and though the angel of the Lord did not necessarily open the door, but I'm going to tell you, when Jesus moved into my life, it changed my life forever. I've been set free from my sin. I've been set free from my burden. I've been set free from my wrong. I've been set free from that. And then we've been given a divine command. Jesus left this earth. He said to his church, Who's the church? This this building is not the church. The body of Christ is the church. Jesus looked at his apostles. Jesus looked at his disciples. He said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Whatsoever I have commanded you, go and teach. And that's what he wanted us to do. He's given us a divine command. And that's for every individual in this room, including myself, including me, is to take the gospel to the unreached world. That's our responsibility. What will you do with that command? What will I do with that divine command? The disciples showed number three. And I know it's... I'm almost done. Number three. The disciples showed discipline. You say, what do you mean? They were obedient. And they went. See, God intervened. So that they could preach, and then they went and preached. Have you been set free? Praise God. I am saved. My sins are gone. I've been set free. Who am I going to tell about it? <sighs> Come on. Go through that text. Here's the thing that I don't understand. Here's the thing I don't understand, Brother Blackie. So these Jews, the Bible says that the Jews needed a sign. They looked out their window and they saw all these people being healed. Brother Eddie, they saw all those people being healed. And they go, I'm not looking at that. I'm not watching that. I don't, I don't want to see it. You know, you've been given a sign this morning. Amen. What are you going to do with it? Amen. See that sign back there? It says exit. Do you need that sign up there to tell you that you're supposed to exit out that door? No. But it's there. Hey, Christian, you need your sign? Right. Do you need it? We do. I need this sign. I need this to help me. I don't believe it. Then you've purpose on purpose rejected the sign. Yeah, that's right. So what you've done is you've placed yourself in with the high priest and the Sadducees and the Sanhedrin that went like this and said, I'm ignoring that sign. 
Right. I ain't looking at that. I don't want to see that. <clears throat> what will you do with the sign that we've been given? God gave us a command as a church. There's many other commands He's given us, but He's given us one that He left with, go, go reach the world. He gave those apostles, you go, back into the, you go back into the temple and you preach. And so what do those apostles do? Man, let's get that rope off, guys. Let's go back into the temple. And so when the jailers came back, when the Sadducees came back and, the, and they wanted to check on the guys that were in prison, they opened the door and, the, and they're gone. Where, where'd they go? Mm -hmm. oh, they're down there at the temple. Mm -hmm. Isn't that where we just... <laughs> Let's go get them. Because <laughs> yeah. they were doing exactly what God had asked them to do. Listen, being a Christian sometimes is not the easiest thing in the world. It wasn't easy for them to get up off of their, off their bum, get out of that jail cell. I'm going to go home to my wife. I'm going to go home to my kids. I, let's go get my family. Let's move out of Jerusalem. Let's go. Let's get out of here. It's not what they did. They got their family. They didn't go get their family, and they went right to the temple. Whether they did get their family or whether they didn't, they still went to the temple and preached the gospel. What will you do with what you've been given? What will I do? What will Trenton do with what I've been given? The, you realize that if you're born again, I'm done, I'm done. I'm going to say this, I'm going to be done. You realize every born again, if you're born again this morning, you're saved, right? You're part of God's family, yes or no? Yes. Are there commands for Trenton as a Christian, that are not the same for you? No. You realize every command in the Bible is not just for me. Right. And it's not just for you. It's for all of us. Yeah. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. Lord, I pray that you've used me in spite of me.